Good morning, and welcome to Simply CRE. It's Tuesday, February 20th. On today's show, fund managers warn that commercial real estate trouble could trigger a systemic credit crash, while the woes in the commercial real estate market continue to mount. Plus, bad property debt exceeds reserves at the largest U.S. banks. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply CRE. We start off with a growing concern among fund managers that trouble in the commercial real estate sector could trigger a credit crisis in the U.S. This is according to a new Bank of America survey, which found that 16% of participants identified a systemic credit event as the top risk to markets in February. Here to discuss this further is Celeste, a correspondent for Simply CRE. Can you tell us more about these concerns? Certainly, David. The commercial real estate market is seen as the most likely source of a credit event. Other potential sources include shadow banking, which includes non-bank financial institutions that are not subject to regulation, and U.S. corporate debt. About $1.5 trillion in commercial mortgage debt is due by the end of 2025, but factors such as steeper borrowing costs, tighter credit conditions, and a decline in property values due to remote work have increased the risk of default. That's a significant amount of debt. What impact could this have on the market? Well, roughly $929 billion worth of commercial real estate loans are set to mature this year, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association. Borrowers may have no choice but to refinance with significantly higher interest rates or sell their properties at a steep loss. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates to the highest level since 2001 in response to high inflation, and rates are expected to remain elevated for some time. And what about the role of banks in this situation? Small and regional banks are the biggest source of credit for the $20 trillion commercial real estate market, holding about 80% of the sector's outstanding debt there are concerns that the turmoil could make lending standards drastically more restrictive. During a credit crunch, banks significantly raise their lending standards, making it difficult for businesses or households to get loans. Borrowers may have to agree to more stringent terms like high interest rates as banks try to reduce the financial risk on their end. We've seen some recent examples of this, haven't we? Yes, we have. Earlier this month, New York Community Bank slashed its dividend and revealed an unexpected quarterly loss on real estate loans tied to both office and apartment buildings. Its shares have lost about half of their value since then. What's the official stance on this? Has there been any response from the government? Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has sought to downplay the growing woes within the commercial real estate sector and their potential effect on the banking system. While testifying before the Senate Finance Committee two weeks ago, Yellen said that she expects additional bank stress and financial losses as a result of weakness within the commercial real estate sector, but believes it will not end up being a systemic risk to the banking system. That was Simply CRE reporter Celeste. Thanks so much for being here. Now, let's shift our focus to the commercial real estate market which is facing a new risk that could potentially devalue property portfolios. Real estate companies are bracing for a significant hit to asset valuations as evolving European requirements 
push investors and bankers to reduce their exposure to buildings with a large carbon footprint. This has increased the likelihood of property owners' assets becoming stranded due to the impact of climate regulations. Here to delve deeper into this issue is our correspondent, Michael. Can you tell us more about this emerging risk? Certainly, David. The commercial real estate industry is increasingly concerned about the risk of stranded assets, which are assets that have suffered from unanticipated or premature write-downs, devaluations, or conversions to liabilities. In the context of real estate, this can include buildings that aren't energy efficient, making them difficult to rent or sell, or uneconomical to own. These properties may also become uninsurable due to rising physical climate risks. How are the European regulations contributing to this situation? The European Union has set ambitious goals for reducing emissions in the building sector, aiming for a 60% reduction by 2030 and complete decarbonization by 2050. Given that buildings are the single largest energy consumer in Europe, this is a significant challenge. The EU estimates that about 85% of buildings in the bloc were built before 2000, and of these, 75% have a poor energy performance. This means a large proportion of buildings across Europe will require substantial renovation and investment to meet the new energy efficiency requirements. What impact is this likely to have on the commercial real estate market? The impact could be quite severe. Neil Menzies, Director of Sustainability at Hibernia Real Estate Group, expects the market to see values plummet over the next 12 months for unsustainable buildings with very high energy usage. This is on top of the challenges the sector is already facing, with commercial real estate values having fallen due to higher interest rates and lower occupancy levels. Are there any tools or strategies being developed to mitigate these risks? Yes, investors are trying to come up with precise estimates for when real estate assets can be deemed as stranded using a tool called the Carbon Risk Real Estate Monitor, CREM. This tool allows investors and bankers to know exactly the date that a building is going to strand. Lenders are also asking detailed questions about climate-related issues such as expected energy usage before providing credit. Companies like Hibernia are focusing on refurbishing old buildings and developing new ones with a goal of being net zero carbon and climate resilient by 2030. What does this mean for the future of the commercial real estate market? The decline in valuations that's expected over the next year could create opportunities for companies to buy and then support valuations by investing in renovations that bring buildings up to the new standards. In the meantime, Firms like Hibernia need to show real-time performance and improvements year-on-year year to gain interest from investors and lenders. That was Simply CRE reporter Michael, providing insights into the new risks facing the commercial real estate market due to evolving European climate regulations. Speaking of real estate and financial implications, in a concerning development, bad property debt has surpassed reserves at the largest U.S. banks, this is a significant issue that could have far-reaching implications for the banking sector and the broader economy. Here to delve into this matter is our correspondent, Bella. Can you give us an overview of the situation? Certainly, David. The details are still emerging, but what we know so far is that the amount of bad property debt, which refers to loans that are in default or close to it, has exceeded the reserves set aside by the largest U.S. banks to cover potential losses. 
This is a worrying trend as it indicates that these banks may not have enough cushion to absorb the impact if a significant number of these loans were to go bad. What could be the potential implications of this situation? Well, if the bank's reserves are insufficient to cover the bad debt, they could face significant financial strain. This could potentially impact their ability to lend, which in turn could have a ripple effect on the economy. It could also lead to increased scrutiny from regulators and potentially even a loss of confidence among investors and customers. What measures can these banks take to mitigate the risks associated with this bad property debt? There are several strategies that banks can employ. One is to increase their reserves, which would provide a larger buffer against potential losses. They could also work with borrowers to restructure the loans, which could help to prevent defaults. Additionally, they could sell off some of the bad debt to investors who specialize in distressed assets. However, all of these strategies come with their own challenges and risks. Thanks for that update, Bella. It's clear that this is a situation that requires close monitoring. Speaking of complex situations, let's pivot to the commercial real estate sector, a labyrinth of transactions reflecting the pulse of economic vitality and investor sentiment. Despite a 19.6% dip in transactions in 2023, the market remains robust and ripe with opportunity. Here to delve deeper into this topic is our correspondent, James. Can you shed some light on the key transactions of 2023? Certainly, David. There were several standout transactions last year. CoStar's acquisition of an office in Arlington for $339 million highlights the enduring allure of prime office spaces. On the residential front, Cole Rich invested $74.3 million in an apartment property in Lakewood, Colorado, while Brixton Capital made a $124.25 million purchase in a Denver suburb. Venters Inc.'s $36 million venture into the seniors' housing market in Shrewsbury, Massachusetts, underscores the growing demand for specialized residential properties. Interesting. And how did the Canadian landscape fare in comparison? The Canadian market mirrored this vigorous activity. The Morgard report highlighted the resilience of the multi-suite residential rental, industrial, and retail segments. However, the office leasing market displayed mixed results. Class A buildings outperformed their Class B and C counterparts, indicating a nuanced preference among investors and tenants. What about the regional markets? Regional markets present a mosaic of investment activity. In Colorado and Virginia, the appetite for apartment and office properties remains strong. Massachusetts' senior housing sector is blooming, while the Canadian market remains steady despite economic headwinds. Alberta's multi-suite residential rental properties and the spike in industrial property sales underscore a diversified investment strategy. And what can we glean from the leasing landscape? Lease renewals and new leases tell a tale of optimism and strategic positioning. Ascent Resources' renewal in Atrium Towers and significant engagements by entities such as Rilladyne and Commerce Bank underline the vibrancy of the office and industrial leasing market. These movements reflect corporate confidence and the strategic importance of physical spaces in a digital era. So, despite the downturn in transactions, the commercial real estate market seems to be adjusting and evolving. Exactly, David. Each deal, whether it's an industrial building acquisition or a retail space investment, adds to the broader canvas of the commercial real estate landscape. The market continues to serve as a barometer of economic health and investor sentiment, 
signaling a market that is adjusting, evolving, and invariably moving forward. Thanks for the insights, James. And with that, we conclude our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply CRE. We'll see you back here tomorrow.